Welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. Thank you for joining me for today's podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review. This podcast is designed to help open your awareness to the truth of who you are, a limitless being. You are worthy and deserving of an abundant and prosperous life. It's time to peel back the false beliefs and live the life you dream about. For additional resources or to contact me directly, please visit my website, heatherhakes.com. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 413. In today's podcast, you are going to hear from my guest on how to get back into spiritual alignment and most importantly, to remember that you are a limitless being. Welcome to today's interview. I brought on Anna Schlinghoff. Anna, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. All right. I have to say, I don't normally like state this, but we've been nerding out for nearly a half an hour at this point. I'm so excited for today's interview. Um, Anna and I are very aligned, very parallel lives, but I'd love for you to give a little background. Where do you live and what do you do? Yes. I live in Dallas, Texas. Currently I have lived my whole life in Chicago before this moving here a year ago. And right now I live two lives, but I don't hide them. So I work a nine to five in corporate. I work in insurance. And then on, in my free time, I'm a Reiki master doing all things, energy, um, spiritual coaching, just totally like in a complete opposite world, but <laughs> they actually go together well. Yeah. I was going to say, how do you kind of balance or juggle both of those? Cause it, for me, it almost feels like a tug of war, like kind of going into the limitation of the nine to five, kind of that monotony versus like exploring and being creative and yeah, totally. Um, I think there's a reason that I'm still in my nine to five. And I think it has to do with sharing the message that you can be both. And I also think it has to do with knowing that you don't have to be one or the other, like sharing that um, you can be both, that you, because nine to five works for a lot of people. I see this all the time, people commenting on um, content that's like, ditch your nine to five, like your life will be so much better. And I'm super supportive of that idea, but I see a lot of people saying, I actually really like the stability of my nine to five. I'm super happy there. That's great. Like you don't have to be one or the other. You can be both. And so I just want to show that that's possible. Um, yeah. yeah. But then at the same time, like follow, follow your own path. Right. So I would totally agree that the nine to five. Yeah, it is great. Some people just want to go have a predictable life and there's nothing wrong with that. I did it for years entrepreneurship is not for everyone, content creation and, and business. It's not for everyone, but I guess I speak more to those feeling that unfulfillment, wanting more, like they have this intuitive nudge. They're supposed to be doing something else. I think I definitely resonate and talk more to that person. Yeah, for sure. And if you feel that nudge, like that is so on purpose. That is for a reason. So listen to it. Um, I know that it's, it's easy to, to let your mind say like, oh, that's crazy. Or I need to stay in my job because it feels safe. And that feels really unsafe, but those are just, those are just limiting beliefs of the mind. So if you feel that nudge, just know that 
you can change it if you really want to. There are no limitations. Pardon the interruption. If this content is resonating with you, please be sure to leave a five-star review. I want to offer you some additional resources. Visit my website, heatherhakes.com, and sign up for my free video training on how to reprogram your subconscious mind. Again, visit my website, heatherhakes.com. I've also created a self-study course all about mindset and manifesting. You can find this on my website, heatherhakes.com forward slash course. Finally, if you are ready to deep dive and really transform your life, I offer one-on-one coaching. I will help you create clarity and a roadmap so you can live the life you dream about. Best part? Everything I teach, you can start implementing right now. To learn more and schedule your free discovery call, visit heatherhakes.com forward slash coaching. Now, back to regular programming. Right. So let's start kind of at square one. I'd love for you to share the backstory of your spiritual awakening. And then I want to get, we're going to deep dive into how we are spirit in human bodies, energy alignment, and so much more. But let's start there. What was the spiritual awakening for you? Yeah. So for me, it was, it did start in, in a nine to five. I was waking up every day, super early, driving an hour to work, working all day, driving an hour home, rushing to make dinner. And then I had no time left for myself, except like I was, you know, maybe an hour to sit and sit on the couch because I was too tired to like go to the gym or, or do anything. I was just a shell of a human. (laughs) So that led me to, to ask, is this all there is to life? Like, do I have to do this for 30 or 40 more years? Like however long it is, have I been misled about what life is? I'm supposed to be happy. I did what I was supposed to do. Mm. I went to college. I got a job like happily ever after, but I was super miserable. So unhappy. Um, so that led me to get my hands on like every book I could. I went to tarot readers. I started looking into crystals. Like I did all the things to figure out is this all there is? Is there more to life? Is there another way to live? Okay. So we have similar backstories because sort of the same, you know, but, but I think that's when it comes. And that's why I love like a Dr. Joe Dispenza really more Dr. Bruce Lipton. He really talks about this, but if you don't understand your subconscious programming that we come in, I think of it as like a Blake's blank slate. And from, you know, birth until seven years old, we are in this theta brain state. And so we're a sponge to other people's beliefs, limitations, stories, and we're just these sponges. Oh, that's how I'm supposed to act. That's what I'm supposed to do. Money is hard to come by. Love is scary. And if we don't realize that, so then we go into this world, which I did, you know, I followed the, the societal norms, the quote, the guys think about it like this, the American dream, right? The American dream. And one day I woke up and I was like, it's not my dream. It's not my dream. And I think similar to you, I started seeking and, and I was taking online courses. I got my first coach and then I just, I took a leap of faith with no plan and everything has always shown up when I needed it. Yeah. Ultimately, ultimately I came to the same conclusion that this was society's dream that I do these things. This, this was not my dream at all. And like you said, we're totally indoctrinated into a world that has this belief system already in place. And so you can fall in line and 
if you don't, there's consequences, right? So like there's this fear that keeps you within the walls of these beliefs and you're scared to think otherwise. You're, you might be afraid to um, even explore another option because they're, for example, if you don't go to school, well, then you don't get a job. Like there's, there's a cause and effect. If you don't get a job, well, then you'll have no money. It's like this fear keeps you in line but you know we are all waking up so it's good that we share the message well and I I have to share on that note you have to become so aware and a quote I use often is don't let others limiting beliefs limit you and so no fault of my dad but my dad had one job he came out of I'm pretty sure he was like in the military for a stint but he came out of that he worked one job worked his way up and retired from one company with a pension like that was very old school that was the norm for his time and so you know there are times on on my entrepreneurial journey my dad's like I worry about you you need a stable job that pays benefits and has a good retirement so look like he still has the story on replay that you can only make money working for somebody else. You need to save. So we already have that lack and scarcity. You need to save for retirement. And so anyway, my journey, I've become so aware of that and been like, nope, there's another way. Nope, that's not my story. But it's a constant being so aware of that and choosing like, no, no. And that's why I call it building the mindset muscle. Like, I just know there's more. Yeah. Ask yourself, what do you believe? Why do you believe it? Like who told you that? And is it true? Does that align with you? Mm -hmm. So I love that. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So then on that note, you had this, is this all there is to living? What answer did you get? The answer was a resounding no, (laughs) right? Because I started to, to realize exactly that, that these were just beliefs that were not actually true and they were not in alignment with me. There was absolutely another way of living, another way of seeing the whole world. So beyond just living, but like perception um, that I started to unravel and really deep dive into, which you know led me to where I am today, um, writing a book about <clears throat> kind of circling back on being young because when I started writing my book, it was initially going to be called handbook for humans, because I felt like when you were born, you should be given a Uh, handbook, like, welcome to being a human. Like this is actually what it is, you know, something that none of us are told. We're told the exact opposite. We get these, these beliefs that are fear-based, but instead I wanted to share, um, actually you're of the universe of, of the universe. You're made of love. It's just the complete opposite. Like this is how you should be a human. Well, on that note, I think of it this way, because I'm so, I like metaphors, I like visuals. And so we come into this world with our blinders on our our very limited perspective. And I think what we're teaching in the spiritual awakening is taking those blinders off and realizing, oh my gosh, there's this vast, amazing, abundant, limitless, infinite world available to us. And it's like, I think I heard, yes. I had a podcast guest once that gave, I loved this metaphor. It's as though we're a, a baseball on a baseball diamond in a huge stadium, but all we think are, we are, is that baseball. Yes. But we're the whole stadium. Yes. I love that. Yeah. You're infinite. And uh, it's unfortunate that not a lot of people know it. And 
when I first, I mean, no one had ever told me that I was like a soul with a body. And it took me actually embarrassingly long time to realize that. But when I really felt like, wow, like that just hit me. I wanted to yell it to everyone I saw. Like I would go for a walk every day in my neighborhood. And in my head, I just wanted to, with every person I passed, be like, you're a soul in a body. Like, did you know that? Did you know you're a soul with a body? Like, I just wanted to yell it to everyone because I felt like exactly what you said that everyone was literally walking like with blinders on. And then I could just go poof to everyone and have them see a totally different world. Well, again, in this 3D world of duality, we think we're an identity. We think we're, I'm Heather. I love this phrase that this is just a meat suit. So yeah. we, <laughs> we think I'm Heather, I'm 36, I'm a female living in Denver. Like we've created this identity in a very limited story. So sure, I think it's easy to say we're all spiritual beings in a human body. But how do you really grasp that, understand that, and then realize, oh, this is just my vehicle. This is how I get around in this virtual reality. And I can have, be, and do anything I want. So how do we make this more fun in our playground and like a blank canvas? We can paint the picture. Yeah, absolutely. I like to break it down. I think it helps to have a sort of hierarchy and it's not really a hierarchy, but I just use that word so that it kind of sets the framework to make sense because you have the universe, which is infinite as far as we know. And then if you go one step down, you have your soul. Your soul is a piece of the universe. It's an individualized piece of the universe itself. And that piece is you. And so that is who you are. You're just kind of like this piece of the universe and you're connected to it, but you're walking around in a physical body in this world. And actually one of my mentors, she once told me that earth is Disneyland, that we just come here to have so much fun, like get on all the rides and like taste all the foods and all this stuff. And, you know, there's lines at, at, at Disneyland, you know, sometimes you have unpleasant experiences too, but it kind of just, it comes with the territory. It's all part of this experience. That's actually supposed to be really fun. Our soul wants to have fun. Okay. So that, wait, I, I, I want to touch on that, but something I thought of, I think an even simpler explanation, how you're sharing that hierarchy, what I saw is we're all part of the ocean and we are droplets of the ocean. I don't, a droplet or even a wave, cause then it's still connected. A wave never goes in through the tide and comes in and out and thinks, oh, I'm separate from the ocean. You are part of the ocean. Like a wave isn't going, oh, I'm limited and I'm just this drop of water. But on that note, what you were sharing the Disneyland piece is Think of the stories, right? The consciousness that we're taught is like people want to look for their soulmate. So there, there's already limitation. Oh my gosh, there's only one person. I have to, I'm on this crazy journey to, I literally think I could meet somebody in every city and have an amazing connection. I truly believe that. Out of nearly 8 billion people, I think I could have amazing connections with thousands Absolutely. So there's, yeah, go ahead. I I was just going to add that I had a friend in college once say to me, 
um, I think I have many soulmates. And I was like, so taken aback by that because I had this idea that there's only one, like, what are you talking about that you could have multiple? And that really opened my mind to the idea of, wait a minute, like, if that's not true, what else is not true? And of course, I totally agree with you. I think that we probably, we connect with more people than we don't connect with. Like it's, it's just full of possibility. Well, even on that note, a soulmate does not have to be just romantic. Like we could be a soulmate in an amazing friendship because you are going to provide an amazing connection. I couldn't get with a physical romantic partner. So yeah, let's even break that down. So what are some other mainstream consciousness myths or ideas you would like to debunk? Um, I'm so glad you said that because I always say like a soulmate could even be like a parent or a friend or like a teacher. So yes, so, so aligned with that. Um, Other things that you have to follow this prescription, you know, that we discussed that you have to follow this specific order of steps in your life in order to be happy, like this prescription for happiness that everyone is Mm. on this search for happiness, like fulfill, this will fulfill me that will, you know, solve this problem when actually that is completely false. (laughs) So I I think that that's a a main one um, that you cannot have, or that material items are bad, um, that they, that they fill this hole but in, in actuality, we're supposed to enjoy them, right? Like if, if go back to our Disneyland example, like you're supposed to get your hands on like all this stuff, as long as you understand, you know, that they're temporary, understand that they're, they're, they're just here for your enjoyment um, and they're not going to fill a void. So the search for happiness, following societal prescriptions, I mean, you could pretty much honestly take <laughs> any, any part of the world and see it from a a new way see it from a a new perspective I think all of them are really kind of twisted something I just wrote down I think there let's talk about there's I feel like especially when we're talking about beliefs and perspectives there there's a difference between wanting something when you already feel whole complete worthy and deserving when you're coming from that stance of you know what I think I would really enjoy having a relationship, or I would really like to go on that travel or that trip, a bigger home, a nicer job, more money. I would enjoy those things, but I'm already fulfilled versus wanting from a lack perspective. I think that house will make me feel more fulfilled or happy, you know, because otherwise I remember like, I literally remember, and I wrote about this in my book, I would be on vacation thinking about the next vacation. I was never present. And so I think that's what trips us up, right? We are seeking this unattainable moving object thing that's going to provide fulfillment versus living from fulfillment and then having desires. Yes. The ego never wants you to be satisfied. Mm. The ego never wants you to be happy. It always wants to put you on that chase for the next thing. You're always going after something else there will always be one more thing I just need that to be happy when that's not true if you you know the soul doesn't need that the soul knows who you are that you're complete that you're whole that your happiness isn't found in a car or a trip or whatever like 
those things are great for temporary enjoyment and that's fine, but they're not long-term fulfilled happiness. I had to share something relatable. So in the last few weeks, Facebook had this big 10-year challenge. And so one of my Facebook memories happened to come up. And so I, I did a comparison. I was like 26-year-old Heather versus 36-year-old Heather. And it was a me, you know, in, in a red dress on this strip in Vegas with this hot guy. So I used to, you know, my 20s were all about, again, chasing that fulfillment. So I was in Vegas chasing that high through drinking and clubbing and dancing and men's attention versus, so that was 26-year-old Heather. Chasing a high never fulfilled. 36-year-old Heather, my comparison was literally in my glasses, on my couch, drinking tea. Um, And so the comparison was, I now, you know, I'm so content at home, drinking peppermint tea at night, and I go to bed at nine o'clock. And it is so much more fulfilling that ease and the presence and meditation and these kind of connections versus, again, chasing externally. Totally. I was the same way, pretty much. I thought that I just needed a relationship to be happy. I just needed a a better job to be happy. And I was constantly looking for those things. And of course, like drinking, partying, um, all that to trying to fill a void. But really what we're chasing is that inner peace that you just Mm. talked about. Because when you have that inner peace, that, that knowing, that contentment, all else just kind of dissipates. Like you don't feel the need to search. But how do we share this? So I like sharing kind of a process or a how to, because we can talk about all these things, but I'm very big on implementing because I don't believe knowledge is power, applied knowledge or experience is power. So what do you want people to know? Like, what can they do right now? For some, this might be a big wake up call or realization that, wow, I've, I've been chasing societal norms or what's supposed to make me happy. And none of that's working. So, okay, I'm ready to take a step back. Like, what are my steps? Where do I start? Yeah. I love that question. I also believe in tangible action. Um, what, what was the turning point for me was one day I asked myself, what would I rather be doing? If, if I didn't have to go to work, if I didn't have to do any of this stuff that I didn't like, um, what would I, how would I want to spend my day? So what I did was I took up, took out a piece of paper and I wrote my ideal day at the top. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what would I do? And then I started, I sat there with a blank piece of paper for days. I think it really had, I didn't know what I wanted. (laughs) And so that was the first problem. You have to get clear on what you do want. And so I thought about it. I sat with it. And then I was like, okay, I'd probably, you know, want to do some yoga in the morning. I'd want to cook all my meals. And so all this stuff started coming together and I started to get a clear picture of what I actually wanted. And then the next step is of course, to tweak your day in ways. And you can do this in small steps. doesn't have to be like you wipe, (laughs) you wipe it out and start over. Um, you, you can get creative in ways to make your ideal day look more like your current day. I totally agree with that. And that was actually astonishing for me. I've asked that question and I think it's a large majority of people because they're so asleep, so going through the motions, so unconscious, they don't know what they want. 
they feel this inner tug and this inner pull for more, but they don't take the time. So, you know, we're, we live in a world full of distractions, full of mindless numbing, scrolling, anything to distract us. And I, I know this because I did it. And so my social calendar was totally booked. I never had time to quiet. And so I think something I would offer on top of getting clear on what you want is taking some downtime to just sit and be still to journal, walk in nature, to listen to quiet music, to just be present. So I would suggest find some sort of presence. And even if it's just 30 minutes, one day a week to begin, because I, I promise you this, you're going to start craving that because it becomes like, oh, that just felt so good. I want more of that. That's a great suggestion. I think we stay overly busy because we are afraid of looking at ourselves. We are afraid 100%. of that downtime. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to, you're scared of what you might find. You're scared that you might realize, oh, this, like, I have to make a change, you know? Um, and for me, I got so burned out in college with all the stress and anxiety that I started having panic attacks. And what I did was I started to meditate for just like 10 minutes a day um, and taking that quiet time, that reflection, it, it totally changed my life. And like you said, if I didn't do it, I would just like crave it so bad. I needed that time. So it seems scary at first, but it's actually so beneficial. So I would encourage you to push through if, if you feel like that is you just give it a try. Yeah. I would agree even in, and I'm relating back to my twenties. I was afraid to be alone in my thoughts and it's like, what are, and I would, I come from a state of being curious. So have curiosity and, and just, you know, why, why do I feel that way? And here's a great example. So I went snowboarding with a buddy of mine last week. He's former military, you know, his story is PTSD and he's got a lot of inner mental chaos. And so he deals with that by drugs and alcohol. And he blatantly told me, he's like, I know I need to get sober, but here's all of his fears. And I bring this up because he is not alone, but his fears are, well, I know I'm going to have to change environment and the people I hang out with. And he literally said, well, what am I going to do? Because think about it. We are used to everything revolving around alcohol. Anything social is alcohol. So his entire world, he's so fearful of the unknown. He, but he has this tug of war. I know I need change, but I'm so afraid of the unknown. He keeps putting it off. Absolutely. We, it, it seems counterintuitive, but when you run up against that limiting belief, there's often something unpleasant that comes with it. There's something bad that happens if that good thing happens. Um, for example, if you really want to quit your job, but the bad thing that happens then is you lose your stability, you lose your safety net. You know what I mean? So it seems, and, and that, that prevents a lot of people, like you said, from doing what they feel that they know inside is the right way they they stop themselves because they know that there there's an uncomfortable piece there there's an unknown and that prevents that prevents progress 
Okay, I shared it with you before we started recording. Here's what I would offer people. If you have that situation, let's just say, because that's an easy one that you just brought up. You really want to leave your nine to five, but you're afraid, you are fearful of leaving a quote, stable paycheck. So here's how I reframed it, because I was scared. I had no freaking plan. Like, what the hell am I going to do? So I reframed it into, okay, I go to the worst case scenario. So I'm like, all right, worst case scenario I have to get another job. And then when I phrased that question, I was like, is that so bad? Is that so scary? I know I have the background and the education. I know I could get another job. And so I took a leap of faith. But I also think you have to build that mindset muscle of trust and belief and faith that you will always be guided and taken care of. And I think that's easier said than done. So what would you say to that for somebody in a situation, in a relationship that's unfulfilling and a job that's unfulfilled? I don't care what area of life. If you are feeling unfulfilled, you have this inner tug to want more, but the unknown is scary. How do you build that faith muscle? Yeah, the the urge is never going to go away. If you're feeling it, it's only going to get stronger. It's only going to get louder. So it does feel scary and that is absolutely valid. Um, what you can do is sit with your worst possible outcome. Like you said, if you can make peace with your worst possible outcome, you have no more resistance and it, 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 you always have a choice. So you can choose to make peace with your worst possible outcome or you can choose to keep living the way that you're living. And I think eventually you will know which one is the right choice. And I, I have had that happen many times for me personally, where I made peace with the worst possible outcome. Even if at first I was like, absolutely not, that is not an option. No, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. But over time, like I said, it's never going to go away. So over time you're like, oh, maybe I could accept that. And then you start to accept it a little more. And then you're like, might not be so bad. And when you get to that point, you will know what to do. So I think what's powerful, because that's step one, I agree, making peace with and coming up with the quote, worst case scenario. But let's flip it because I want to add to it because it's it's like talking yourself off the ledge. Okay, the worst thing, okay, I'm going to leave the stable job. There's so many unknowns. I don't know, but the worst thing I could get another job. Now let's flip it because this is what would excite me and that forward focus and the momentum is, okay, but wait a minute. If I leave the stable job and I get to start spending my time, you know, selling on Etsy or creating that YouTube channel or that small business, wait, I could make more money doing what I love, being my own boss. So I think it's important to talk yourself then you talk yourself into it and be like, wait a minute. So the flip side is, although there's unknowns, all this other amazing things and even better could happen. And I think I hear this often. Let's just go down this route. I hear this often. Somebody who's in an unfulfilling marriage, but they quote, stay for the children. And I, my view is number one, the energy in that home is toxic environment. It is not better for the children, but there's right. A lot of people stay because of money. So again, in that scenario, it might be a little scary. What if you have to move in with your parents for six months to get on your feet? But the best case is you can become amazing co-parents. You you get to fill up your own cup, find yourself again. And then you set yourself up for attracting, aligning with this amazing mate 
you know? Yeah, absolutely. I would encourage that as a journaling exercise because I think it's really powerful to write down or, you know, the best case scenario. So Mm. what is your best case scenario? And then write a line next to that and put or something better and then see if you can double it, triple it, quadruple it. So for example, um, you know, I, I have, I have freedom. I can date somebody else. Then put like in the next column, you know, I have a, a, my dream marriage, like something that's wilder than what you're actually expecting. Because I think that's just super powerful to increase it past what you think is possible, what you think your best case scenario is. There's probably something even wilder, even grander that could happen. And I think that just expands everything out. And that's where like, that's where I get excited is where it's like, oh, okay. There's actually like infinite possibility over here that I'm, I'm thinking small. I'm thinking my best case scenario is actually really small. Yeah. What I wrote down, I think ultimately what we're saying is expand your beliefs, expand what's possible. And I think an easy way to do this, let's say, you know, my first home in Denver was this cute little two bedroom, one bath, 740 square foot shoebox, right? But if somebody's living in the 740 square foot shoebox and they think that's all that's possible, go drive in that mansion parade of homes neighborhood just to see what's possible. But I think on that note, something my mom shared with me last week was, you know, what if life doesn't go as planned? What if it's even better? And it's like, that was actually in a YouTube video she sent me and it blew my mind because again, our beliefs and perception are based on experience, right? Yes, they are. So if we're only experiencing based on past experiences, how can we expand and open up to infinite potential? Mm-hmm. That's why I love the journaling part because it forces you to think in multiples of what you think you want. You think you want a two bedroom home, write down, you know, what if I get a five bedroom home, even though that seems wild, it seems radical. Like just go there. You yeah. don't, you, you we think we know best. We think we know what we want. We don't. (laughs) The universe always knows best. The universe always has our, our best interest at heart and knows the grand plan. Your soul knows the blueprint, but you don't. And your, your human ego mind will trick you into thinking what is achievable when actually what is achievable is infinite possibility. So two things I want to touch on there to kind of close this conversation. Number one is how do we tune into our higher self? And number two, can we, can we touch on energy alignment and how powerful that is? Yes, absolutely. So, um, to get in tune with your, your higher self, actually how I like to do this is, um, if you want to do a little exercise with me and okay. if you're listening just for a minute or two, yeah. um, feel free to join in, uh, if, if it's safe for you to close your eyes and be present for a minute. So I would invite you to close your eyes and then just take a cleansing breath in through the nose and out through the mouth. 
And then what I want you to do is just picture a light in your body. And just gently notice where is that light? Is it in your heart space? Is it in your head? Is it somewhere else in your body? And this is the seat of your higher self. So this is your light, your soul, whatever you want to label it. And you can come back to this at any time. Notice how big this light is. Is it small? Does it take up a good portion of your body? Does it extend outside of your body? Does it have a color? Just gently noticing the properties of this light, knowing that you can come back to it at any time. It is always there. And then when you're ready, open your eyes. So that's how I like to present the idea of connecting to your light, connecting to your higher self, just bringing that connection, knowing that it is always inside of you. I love that. I think of it also as an internal compass. Absolutely. And for me, even in that quick, short time, um, I, I would need a little bit longer to sit and like quiet because, you know, I'm on right now interviewing, but my light Sometimes I see, I'm very visual. So sometimes I see waterfalls. Sometimes the light is kind of like the sun blazing. And sometimes it's on top of my head. So I guess it depends on the person, but the experience, it might move, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. But there's no right or wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I think the point is to take the time to quiet the external noise and to connect with it. Yes. It's always there. How, in whatever form you see it, I've, I've heard some people say they see clouds even, which is beautiful. There, there's just no right or wrong. However you picture it is the way that you're meant to. And it's just more about knowing that you are part of something greater, that there is a piece of you that is the observer to all of like this crazy world that we're in, that you can always center and come back to. And what I understand is this internal knowing is always there, but it can't speak up and it can't guide us because we have our free will to be here in this human experience. So we have to ask for that guidance, right? Ask for help. And so a mantra I like using is show me the way. You could ask, what's my next step? Is this right for me? Tune in and get out of your head and into your heart. I believe that the soul, your higher self, the universe, oh, they're always trying to speak to you. Um, it's just a matter of paying attention or not. Are you being present enough to listen or are you totally tuning it out? So um, as long as you can, and it's a process, it's a practice because for a long time, even I struggled with this. I would be like, okay, I'm getting quiet. Like I'm not getting answers. Where are you? Um, it takes time. So don't get frustrated. If, if at first you're not getting anything, just stay with it. It's gentle. The, the soul speaks to us in gentle nudges and you really have to be paying attention. And when you start to build that communication, it will become a lot clearer and you'll be able to pick up on like your intuitive yes and your intuitive no, and just know what it's trying to tell you. So I just want to add, you're totally right. And I've got, you know, when you feel that anxious monkey mind kind of internal chaos, trying to figure something out, like it, it literally feels chaotic. 
versus when I've had the, it's as simple as turn left. And I don't always understand it. And I don't really, you know, get it, but it's turn left, you know, like go, go check your email, go. It's just like this. Oh, and sometimes even for me, because the universe will speak to us however we can hear and understand, I will get symbols. Like sometimes I'll see random insects or bugs or whatever, and I'll go to Google the symbolism. And I'm like, oh, that message was for me. Sometimes it's a billboard message. Sometimes it's a song I've heard billions of times. And then all of a sudden a chorus sticks out, you know? Absolutely. And it's because you're paying attention. So yeah. you're picking up on that stuff because yeah. you could easily ignore it decide to say oh it's nothing it's a coincidence or I'm not going to look that up but you know you're paying attention and you're listening um, and that's part of that relationship that's so important the other thing I wanted to touch on is um, something you shared with me is energy alignment and I'm just curious is that in the same line as the law of vibration that we're all energetic beings in an energetic universe so at the most basic level, we are all energy. Yeah. Um, so when you break it down, we are all the universe. We literally, you are made of the stars. So the, the literal universe, that is you. Um, and, you know, from a spiritual perspective, you are this piece of the universe. And we are all this energy of love. The, the universe is the energy of love. You are the energy of love. So yes, when you are vibrating at your your true essence, when you remember who you really are, then you're embodying that vibration, you're automatically going to be aligned. So again, I'm so visual. And I love that line. It's actually from Lion King. What I always revert back to is remember who you are. It's like we all, I like thinking of it like this. We're all spiritual beings and human bodies, but we all have amnesia. We simply forgot and so since we are energetic beings in this energetic universe and everything is energy, for me, the alignment is when you're coming from wholeness, love, joy, gratitude, that's how you quickly connect to whatever it is you need or you're seeking. And literally we're magnetic beings drawing it to us. But the reverse is also true, right? When we're coming from fear lack, scarcity, worry, stress, anxiety, we get more of that. Yeah. You become a magnet for whatever you're emitting the energy that you are. So when you're aligned to the energy of your truth, hmm. then you're just going to get more of your truth, which is love, happiness, joy, all the good things. <laughs> I'm curious, do you have a daily ritual or morning routine to help you stay on focus? Yeah. I usually start my day with a little bit of self-reiki and it might be just two minutes, five minutes. It's usually not longer than that. And that is my time to do basically exactly that. I just put my hand on my heart. I activate my Reiki energy and you don't have to do this if you could do this without being Reiki attuned, but the purpose is to remember who I really am. So I'm connecting to the energy of the universe, remembering who I am. And that just sets the rest of my day up in alignment. You know, this is, this is how I want to live my life. This is how I want my day to go. So it, that's what I like to do. And sometimes I'll pull an Oracle card if I'm seeking guidance or, you know, what, what do you want me to know today? Um, I'll do that occasionally. 
And I'll also journal some days. I don't do it every day because I feel like if I do it every day, it becomes some kind of chore. But if I'm feeling called, I'll, you know, maybe write down an affirmation or write down um, if I'm struggling with something, whatever it is. Um, So that's, that's pretty much it. But I pretty much always do the Reiki, the connecting to my light and the universe. How I sum that up is it's being mindful. It's being very intentional with your day, starting by filling up your cup. Yes. You you have to fill your own cup first because you can't give from an empty one. So always never feel guilty about doing that. It's, it's, uh, it's an act of self-love. It's an investment in yourself. So I have a question for you. We've talked and touched on a lot of different things today, but if you could give one key takeaway, what do you want listeners to get? I would like you to remember who you really are. You are an infinite soul in a human body here to have fun and know that you are limitless. You have all the potential that you could, more than you could imagine. You can have whatever you want. You can be whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. Yes. Amen. And I think Anna, we're both on the, we're just like, we want to shout this from the rooftop just to wake everybody up. Guys, remember we're supposed to have fun. Yes, exactly. I, I, um, I don't want you to suffer. (laughs) You're supposed to have fun. This is Disneyland. Yes. All right. Couple of rapid fire questions to wrap up the interview. Let's do it. What is a quote or motto that you live by? How do I choose? Um, I just said this one yesterday, so it's top of mind. I was talking to someone about this and, and I believe it's a quote from Eckhart Tolle. And he says, experience this moment as if you had chosen it or something to that effect. Mm. And that's been uh, top of mind lately uh, because I've just been going through a couple of things. And so in order to, to not have that resistance, trying to neutralize any resistance I might have by playing that in my head. So that I, I chose this moment and that you could choose again, right? So if you're feeling struggle or suffer, oh, oh, I could choose again. You can always choose again. On that note, are you into Abraham Hicks at all? I love Abraham Hicks. Yes. Okay, so I call it Abe, but Abe says that. So Esther has gotten, you know, really aware and she's like, oh, I created that. Oh, I can create that too. So again, but it's being light and being aware. I, I like that though. That was very good. What is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend? Right now I am reading, I'm actually listening on Audible, but I am listening to Wheels of Life by Anadea Judith, which is a book on the chakra system, Mm -hmm. um, just to kind of deepen my knowledge on that. So that is what is currently in my ears and I'm very much enjoying it. Final question. What advice would you give your younger self? Don't let other people's wants and goals and ideas direct your life. Actually listen to what you want. Get clear on what you want, regardless of what anyone else might think. I love that. And what a great note to end on. Anna, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun. Thanks for watching today's video. I want to know what was your biggest takeaway? Comment below and let me know. If you liked this video and it resonated, give me a thumbs up and make sure you're subscribed to my channel so you're the first to know when new videos drop. 
I'll catch you on the next video. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. I'd love it if you could leave a review and remember to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. If you haven't yet, connect with me on the social platforms. You can add me on Instagram at heather.hakes and subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'll catch you on the next episode.